Would you take out your Bibles at this point? We're going to be heading to Mark chapter 4 this morning. Lord, uh, we just thank you for already what you've been doing today in our worship, in our time of communion, Lord, and just that sense of, of life and celebration as family, Lord God. We bless the kids as they head out for their first uh, session this year. We thank you for all that you were doing in the, in the youth youth camp recently. And Lord, we thank you for your word and for the joy and privilege it is to open it up this morning. Would you speak to us, I pray. Open up our hearts. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 4, 35 is where we'll be. And something that I reflect on a fair bit, I wonder how many perhaps are in this same boat. Something I guess feel the weight of when I look at the world around us, certainly as a, as a pastor, overseeing the youth ministry, certainly as a, as a father as well for my kids, as someone who values and cares for my neighbors and friends and the city, all those things. Something I reflect on is this question, what's going to cut through? What will cut through the noise in this day and age? What will cut through all the things that are competing for our attention? How can our hearts stay true to the Lord and aflame, not easily thrown off course when there are plenty of reasons to be bumped off course a little bit? How can we stay true to the ways of Jesus in the midst of such competition for our time, for our attention, for our focus, and the, the battle for the throne of our hearts? You know, if you're into statistics and reports, things like that, Many that are put out in recent times will tell of the decline in church attendance and faith and morality and the rise or the increase in secularism and distraction and fear and uncertainty, all this noise that is all around us. The good news, though, is that the Lord isn't limited by statistics or reports and that they don't have the final word. He does. So the title of my message this morning, the time that we have left, we'll get through as much as we can, is Cutting Through the Noise. And so there's a little caveat here. Uh, obviously, Andrew's uh, begun a series through Hebrews that we'll be focusing on through this year. Uh, we'll pick that up again in a couple of weeks. have the privilege this morning of speaking in between uh, two guest speakers. So sort of made the call to, rather than stop, start, start, to uh, we'll pick it up in a couple of weeks Hope that's okay. If there's any issues, you can email A-N-D-R-E-W at Vision. <laughs> or he may email me, so I'll, I'll need to be careful. Let's read together. Mark 4, verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. And I love this story 
It's one that I, I go back to time and time again. I, I love that it paints a picture of Jesus so beautifully, both his divinity but his humanity. He's there asleep after a busy day ministering. I love that it paints this picture of his power and his authority, but also of his mercy and grace and patience towards the disciples. And uh, this is a well-known story, but I'm hoping to bring a few things out, just perhaps from a slightly different angle than we may have previously looked at. Of course, Jesus had been teaching all day. He'd been speaking to the people in parables, teaching about the kingdom of God, and, and, and says, Let, we're going to go to the other side of the lake, the Sea of Galilee. And what happens is we have this raging storm. Now, the Sea of Galilee was known for its wild storms, just by virtue of where it's situated and the surrounding uh, topography and all that sort of thing, storms could uh, rise up very quickly upon the water. And if we think about this account, we remember that a number of the disciples were, in fact, once fishermen. So they would have seen this sort of stuff before. But there was something, clearly this storm was something else. The raging sea, the howling wind, the Amplified Bible says that the boat was already being swamped. The fear and doubt was increasing, the anxiety and despair. And as I was reflecting on this passage this week, I, I couldn't help but think that metaphorically, this storm, this situation perhaps sounds a bit like modern culture. The raging sea, the howling wind, the noise, the fear, the anxiety, the uncertainty, all those things. And for the disciples, it wasn't the kind of ending to the day that they would have imagined after a good day with Jesus teaching and preaching. And their response is quite interesting. It's quite revealing in a way. They say, Jesus, don't you care that we are perishing? Now, they didn't remember that the one that was in the boat with them was Jesus. They had the presence of Jesus right there with them. There were other boats on the sea, the Bible says in verse 36. Other boats were there. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be in the midst of a storm in a boat with Jesus in it. The presence of Jesus will in fact cut through. The presence of Jesus with us will in fact cut through. A few things that I want us to, to notice or pay attention to this morning. The words of Jesus will cut through. The disciples, they ask the question, Jesus, don't you care? But Jesus, after dealing with the situation, calming the wind and the waves, he also asks the disciples a question. He says, why are you afraid? Don't you have faith? In other words, don't you trust me? Don't you have confidence in me? Don't you know who I am? In the midst of the wind and waves, the storm the uncertainty, the noise that can go all around us and within us even at times. So often we can ask a different question or a different why to what Jesus does. Why is this storm happening? Why am I being swamped with wave after wave? Why aren't you doing anything, Jesus? Don't you care? Can't you see? Why have you left us to fend for ourselves here, Jesus? Perhaps you found yourself in that kind of place. And perhaps it's an external situation, circumstances around you. Perhaps it's an internal situation, the raging of the sea. 
Perhaps it could be in response to what we see in the world all around us. Perhaps it could be a, a sense of frustration of when will things change? What is going to cut through the noise of the wind and the waves and the storm? Well, I want to say to us this morning that the words of Jesus will cut through the storm. The noise of the wind. Peace be still. And we can read it and leave it there and say, well, that's, that's a nice happy ending. The storm finishes. Let, but there's more for us to see here because that's not the full intent of the account here. There's, there's no promise that following Jesus will fix every difficult thing. But rather, there's an invitation for all of us as followers of Jesus. Will we see and grasp and know the greatness of Jesus in the midst of the stuff and the noise and all that's going on? Because the words of Jesus will also cut through to reveal what's going on beneath the surface. Jesus asked the disciples, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? You see, it wasn't so much the external situation, but it was their internal response or the, the unbelief, really. Sometimes the external things can reveal what's going on inside here. Pastor and Bible teacher Warren Wiersbe says this, that the greatest danger was not the wind and waves, it was the unbelief in their hearts. Our greatest problems are often within us, not around us. The word of the Lord will always cut through the noise, the fear, the storm, the uncertainty. But the word of the Lord will also cut through to reveal what's going on in our hearts. The unbelief, the fear, the anxiety, the distraction even, the confusion, all those things that can rage in here or in here. In Hebrews 4 verse 12, we read that the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrows, of, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The question is, will we be in his word? Positioning ourselves to listen to and hear his words. Allowing him to search and examine our hearts. In a world that's filled with so much vying for the attention of our hearts, so much that can seek to swamp us like the boat on the sea, the word of the Lord will cut through the noise to bring clarity where there's confusion, to bring peace in the midst of the storm, to bring guidance when we need direction, to bring correction when we stumble and lose our way, to bring sustenance when we're weary, and to bring truth where we're searching for it. May our hearts also be like uh, the prophet Samuel, who said, Speak, Lord, for your servants listening. May that be our posture as well. We live in a world where opinions and information and theories, everything of the like, abound. But ultimately, these things won't cut through. The word of the Lord will. Both the Logos word and the Rhema word spoken to us at a specific moment and occasion. And as we've already heard this morning, we of course have the, the conference next week, which really will be looking at some of those foundational things around learning to hear and recognize, and listen to and respond to the voice of the Lord, to the words of Jesus. Let me encourage you to come along. Maybe you've something that you've heard it all before, you're operating prophetically, that's great, keep going with that. But just like a first aid course, that you have to do a refresher every now and then, 
maybe it might be a good thing to come along and do that refresher around uh, recognizing the voice of the Lord because it will cut through the noise, it will cut through into our hearts to bring change, to bring transformation. The word of Jesus will cut through. Second thing I want us to notice this morning, it's the revelation of who Jesus is that will cut through the noise. The disciples' response to Jesus' question is really interesting. They say, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The answer to so many issues is not just an explanation, but a revelation. The revelation of who Jesus is will cut through, will have an impact. It's so important for us to know who Jesus is. Jesus himself asked that of his disciples in the Gospels. And he says, who do people say that I am? They say, well, prophet, teacher, Elijah, whatever. And they say, what about you? Who do you say that I am? That's the most important question that we'll ever be asked and respond to. But this response of the disciples is fascinating to me because they had been walking with Jesus for a little while. They'd been observing his manner of life. They, he loved eating and doing life with people, as I think Andrew touched on a couple of weeks ago, sitting around the table. You get a bit of a sense for what someone's like as you share a meal regularly together. The disciples, they'd seen Jesus heal people. Pretty amazing. They'd seen him teach like no one had ever taught before, with power, with authority. And yet, here they are, and they say, who is this man? You know, for them, there was a measure of understanding, a measure of experience of who Jesus is. That's why their response is interesting. It was like in that moment, seeing his power and authority and command and control over nature, over the sea, over the wind and waves, it was almost like things went to the next level for them. Who is this? Even the wind and waves bow down before him. For us, as we head full steam into this year, let's just not just settle for what we've known. There is always more of the Lord for us to know, for us to discover, for us to experience. We've already had a focus this year on, on He Must Increase. Of course, our series through Hebrews, Hebrews will very much have that emphasis on Jesus being front and center. But you know, maybe we've known Jesus or walked with him for a little while. Maybe things have become a little bit common in our hearts, in our lives. Maybe we've become comfortable with our measure of experience and understanding of who he is. Maybe the noise around us, the storm, the uncertainty, the distraction, the things that can get our eyes off Jesus, the very culture that we live in, maybe these things have drowned him out a little bit caused our perspective to not be what it once was or should be. But as the disciples saw firsthand the power and the authority of Jesus, his command and his control over nature, they saw another glimpse. And instead of the fear of, what are you doing, Jesus? Don't you care that we're perishing? They moved to a place of great fear, except great fear, the connotation of this particular phrase translated great fear, in fact means awestruck, to reverence, to have complete respect and honor. It was a response of awe and wonder. 
May we once again be filled with great fear, with great reverence and awe and wonder. And like the disciples, seek to know who this man, who this king is. The mighty and majestic one whom the wind and the waves obey. The revelation of who Jesus is will cut through the noise, the fear, the unbelief, the distraction, the indifference, the lure and overtures of this world. I love what it says in Revelation chapter 1. You don't need to turn now, I'll just read a couple of scriptures. But the very first words of Revelation chapter 1 starts with this. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The unfolding, the revealing of who he is. And in verse 5 of Revelation 1, it says, talking about Jesus, that he's the faithful witness. The firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth. It speaks of faithful witness, it speaks of truth. Speaks that he's the resurrected king, the firstborn from among the dead. The ruler of kings of the earth speaks of his power, his authority, his might, and his supremacy. Then it goes on to say, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Hang on a minute. This king, this mighty and majestic one. This faithful witness, this one who's risen and exalted, this one who has the power, the authority, the supremacy, he loves us. He has freed us from our sins by his blood, through his death on the cross. It's incredible. What mercy and grace, what power and majesty and might. What else could we do but respond? Who is this king? We are in awe of you, Lord. We're in awe of who you are, Jesus. How do we do this? I think moments like this morning, worship, seems like the Lord just has come in a, in a deeper way. That we can encounter Him. That takes time, intentionality, and proximity. To grow in our revelation of who Jesus is. I don't know about you, but I love reading biographies. I love kind of reading what makes people tick, what they stand for, the things that um, you know they've, they've done that are worthy of a book being written about them. What's given them success, success and what sustained them. Recently, I've read a, a book on a, a well-known political figure. Fascinating. Insights, uh, also recently just finished a, a book on uh, two young Christian ladies from Iran and uh, how they, they were imprisoned for their faith and just the account of their testimony and story and what the Lord did. I'll come back to that just in a little while. Very inspiring, very challenging. I love reading about people, what makes them tick. But you know, when you read biographies, you read biographies online or whatever, you get a sense of what the person's like a little bit. Don't you? You kind of get to, to hear a little bit about them. Perhaps if they're still alive, you watch them on TV, you check out their social media feeds or whatever, you, you kind of get to know a little bit about who they are, what they're like. But you can't really grow in revelation of who someone truly is unless you know them, unless you take the time to get to know them, unless you be intentional and, and be 
close to them. Just like any relationship here, friendship, romantic relationship, a marriage, whatever, it takes time, it takes intentionality, proximity, to not just know about someone, but to know them. I believe that's the inf- in- invitation for us this morning. Because the revelation of who Jesus is will cut through the noise. Let me ask you this this morning. Are you comfortable or satisfied with your measure of understanding of who Jesus is? Another question. What's stopping you from going deeper? From seeking after him? From knowing him more and more? Maybe ask the Holy Spirit as you go from here this, today. What are those things that are hindering or stopping you? See what he says. The words of Jesus will cut through. The revelation of who Jesus is will cut through the noise. And following on from that, our witness will cut through, shifting more from, to an outward perspective. Because when we catch a greater glimpse of who Jesus is, as we allow him to transform and shape us and cause our perspective to be made right, this then has an impact on our lives and on our witness so that our lives and our witness to Jesus will in fact cut through and have an impact on those around us. For the disciples, this particular occasion, I'm sure, was a marking moment for them. Who is this? They began to see a greater glimpse, a revelation of who Jesus was and this. And there are other accounts, of course, other moments throughout the Gospels we read, probably none more so than the resurrection, as they see Jesus alive, having risen from the dead. But for the disciples, when the real storms of life came, we can read through that in the book of Acts, when they were imprisoned, when they were beaten, when they were arrested for the sake of the Gospel, their witness cut through. I love the account in Acts chapter 4, where they're brought before the authorities and the leaders and they they begin to proclaim Jesus boldly, the gospel with boldness and power. And the response of the authorities is, these are ordinary, uneducated men. But they recognized, they could see it, it was clearly evident that they had been with Jesus, that they knew who Jesus is and that that cut through in their day and in their time. And you know that will cut through in our day and age as well. Do you mind coming, Ali, and just playing some keys? I mentioned just before about this this book I just finished. This inspiring, challenging account of two young Christian ladies in Iran, full on for the Lord, loved Jesus. But of course, that nation, very oppressive regime. And they were imprisoned for their faith, for sharing about Jesus, for following Jesus. And uh, reading through this book, um, it was you know, intense at times to read just some of the, the, the injustice, some of the brokenness of humanity, the evil and the darkness that existed there. And they, they were very careful to write and tell stories about some of these other ladies in prison what they were in for and how they were treated. and It was just, um, yeah, heartbreaking to read some of these accounts. And I would suggest that being imprisoned for your faith would constitute a fairly major storm. What is going to cut through in that 
place, one of the most notorious prisons in the Middle East? What's going to cut through the hardness, the brutality in that place, the darkness? Reading through that book, what I was struck by time and time again was that they had and they knew the presence of Jesus right there with them in that metaphorical storm in the boat. The presence of Jesus cut through in that place. It was noticeable. It was recognizable. The other prisoners could see it. The guards, in fact, would, would put agitated prisoners in their particular already crowded cell because they calmed them down. They brought a sense of peace. It was the presence of Jesus with them. They had the words of Jesus to speak to the other prisoners, and they did that boldly and unashamedly. Words of hope, words of life, words of truth that cut through into people's hearts. And the reason they were able to do that was because they had the words of Jesus that had cut through into their own hearts first. They had a revelation of who Jesus is. You know, many times they were under serious pressure in this book to, to compromise on their faith, to basically just kind of change their tune, change their story so they could be released. And they were, the guards were like, look, just you don't need to be so full on. You'll get out and you can carry on with your life and your faith. But they had a revelation of Jesus. They, they said, no, Jesus is everything to us. He has given everything for us. And it is our joy and our privilege to be following Him and serving Him and uh, following after Him. Placed here by Him for His purpose and plan. Because of that, their witness cut through. It had an impact. It made a difference. There were countless stories in this book of many prisoners who would come to them asking to be prayed for, for an impossible situation, and the Lord broke through and, and changed the situation. There were countless prisoners who came and, and, and encountered Jesus because of the witness of these two young Iranian Christians. So inspiring, so challenging, to be honest with you. In our own context, what will cut through the unbelief, fear, noise of this world? The words of Christ, the revelation of Christ, a witness to Christ, and the presence of Christ with us. That is what will cut through in our own lives, but also what will cut through the noise and leave a mark on those around us. May we be a people who allow his words to cut through in our own hearts. May we be a people who have revelation of who Jesus is and are walking in that so that we can bring the revelation of Jesus to others so that that cuts through in their lives as well. Would you stand this morning? invite the prayer team to, to come forward at this point as well. It's our joy and privilege to
to stand with you. If there are any prayer needs, prayer requests that you have, would you come forward and receive prayer? And pray for us. Father, I just thank you for our time together this morning. God, you are so good and so faithful. What a joy it has been to gather together as family, but that you, Lord, have been dwelling here in our midst today. We honor you, we thank you, we praise you. Lord, I pray that we would be a people in the day and age that we live, in the midst of the noise, certainty, the fear, the storms, all those things that can be raging around us or within us. Lord, we want to be a people whose lives cut through, that your words will cut through into our hearts, that Lord, you would open our eyes to a greater revelation of who you are, and that would lead to our witness cutting through, having an impact on those around us, Lord. Oh God, would you come and do what only you can do in our hearts, Lord. I pray this day that our hearts would be open to hear your words, Lord God. We say, Lord, examine us. Search us and know us, God. Let your word cut through today. Discern the things in our hearts, those things that maybe you, you want to bring to the surface, you want to make right, Lord. Lord, where we, like the disciples, kind of perhaps have just had our perspective go out of, out of kilter a little bit. Where it's, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? Why are you so afraid? Lord, we pray that your words, Jesus, would cut through that. Bring us to a place of wonder and awe. Bring us to a place of revelation of you, Jesus, I pray. pray that as we go from here this morning into our week that we would know the assurance and the reality of your presence Jesus with us right there in the boat with us Lord and we not lose sight of that just bless each person here this morning to know you more to hear your voice and that Lord we would be a people living our lives for your glory praise. I pray. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.